Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my health and wellness goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love Daily Harvest. They take the planning, prep, and cleanup out of cooking by delivering my favorite veggie and fruit-packed options straight to my door. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep. When I need a quick window opener, I might reach for the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. And when I'm looking for a delicious way to close my window, there's nothing better than the apple and spiced oat bites. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. dailyharvest.com slash ifstories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. everybody and welcome to episode 300 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today I'm here with Tracy Mack. Tracy lives in Taylor, Michigan and she is a management assistant. Welcome Tracy. Hi Jen. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm great. How are you? So happy to be here. I'm great. Well, so glad to have you here and it's episode 300. I feel like we should be celebrating a milestone to just 300 seems like a really big number. I'm like, I can't even believe I've talked to 300. Well, I haven't talked to 300 people because a few were repeats, but a few had more than one. So I think it's more than 300. 
Anyway, 300 is you today. Okay, I'm number 300. (laughs) You're 300. You know I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Well, I'll give you the short version. All right, we can start with the short version. You know I like the long version eventually. I know, I know. (laughs) Well, I have always been weight conscious my whole life. Don't know why that is, just always have been. I never had any weight problems growing up. Uh, In fact, when I was growing up, I always thought I was too skinny. I had an uncle that would come in and he would always call me skinny something like, and he would tease my mom and say, you're not feeding this one. I was, you know, a little beanpole. So I wanted to gain weight as uh, growing up in high school. I was in like a size five and I have a niece my age, and she was like a size seven, eight. She was the perfect size, and I wanted to be her size. You know, I get it, Tracy, because I was super bony and skinny. I was the s- smallest one. I skipped a grade in school, so I was a year younger than everybody else, but I was also small. And I know what you mean. And you, you got in the habit of just like eating whatever because you're like, I just could gain weight. That would be good. Right. I was trying to gain weight. So anyhow, at the age of 19, oh, well, my childhood was normal. My parents, both from the South, they cooked real food, you know, greens and cornbread and roasts in the oven, you know, they cooked real food. So I joined the army when I was 19 and I left home and, uh, you know, the military, you're in boot camp and man, they feed you meat and potatoes every day and work you like a hog (laughs) running up and down the hills and exercising and jogging. And I actually gained muscle and I got into my seven, eight then. I was like, oh, wow, this is the size I want it to be. So um, I got married, fast forward at age 25, had two children, son and a daughter, well, actually it's daughter and son. So I didn't gain a lot of weight with my pregnancies, but after my second birth, my clothes started getting tight. And what year was your second birth? He was born in 1992. I was 25. So my clothes started getting tight. You know, I had, up until this point, I had never been on a diet before. So the first diet was the Slim Fast. I said, oh, I'll just drink the shake for breakfast Yeah, they made it lunch. sound so easy. Yeah. And it, it was actually, even though I was starving at dinner time, but I was able to lose Whatever I gained, probably no more than 10 pounds, because at that time, I don't think I was weighing myself. I was just letting my clothes be the, that was my um, measurement. So once my clothes got back to normal size, they weren't tight anymore. Okay, I'm done. I go back to eating whatever. Then the next year after the holidays, January, up, clothes are too tight again. Got to start a new diet. So every January was a new diet. That was the yo-yo dieting roller coaster. And they all worked. Every last one of the diets, they worked. But as soon as I went back to eating my normal foods, the weight came back and my clothes were too tight again. Yeah, that's so the cycle. That was always me. I could lose it. Well, I'm going to say they all worked. They didn't all work. Some of them didn't. Low carb didn't ever work for me. And some weird diets didn't ever work for me because I didn't want to eat that food. But the weight always did come back. I did the Weight Watchers. We would have Weight Watcher meetings at work. <laughs> the rep would come to the conference room and there was about 15 of us and we'd have our meet- weekly meeting. And <laughs> and then at one point uh, we were doing the weight loss challenge at work. It's called 10 and 30. Lose, whoever loses 10 pounds in 30 days. <laughs> 
get to win from the the pot. I guess I think we've all put in ten dollars or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to get motivated to go on a diet. <laughs> and I actually won one year. I went to to uh, weigh in, and I had. I was nine pounds. I had lost nine pounds. She said, and I needed to lose one more pound. Just come back at the end of the day. So that's what I did. I I, I didn't eat lunch. I walked up and down the steps. And by 3.30, I went back over to get on the scale and I was down two pounds. <laughs> that's so funny. Don't drink anything. Go to the bathroom a lot. Didn't drink yes. anything. I drive fast. Oh, well, for eight hours did at it. work. <laughs> I'm laughing so much because that's like the year I won the biggest loser at my school. You know, I I loaded a bunch in right before the first weigh-in and before the last weigh-in, I like, same as you, so. Right, we knew how to manipulate it, right? Exactly, yeah. (laughs) So after that, the pandemic hit. No, right before the pandemic, 2019, I was working a new position and it was very stressful. I was traveling a lot. And I had gained some weight. My clothes had got too small. And well, I was weighing myself by then. I know I was up about 15 pounds. And then the pandemic hit before I got a chance to lose the 15 pounds. But I was on Weight Watchers, though. I was on Weight Watchers. I could only lose. I lost 13 pounds. That's This is 2020 by now. I lost 13 pounds. But I had gotten all the way up to 208 in 2020. Now, what in high school when you were always skinny, how much did you weigh around then? I was probably 140, 150. Okay, that just puts it in perspective. Okay, so in high school, 140, 150 was a really good weight for you. Slim, healthy, lean, strong. And then in 2020, you got up to 208. 208, yes. And I became pre-diabetic as well in 208. You know, I was just headed down in the wrong direction, my weight, my health. And, you know, we were all on lockdown during that time. And I'm on Weight Watchers. I'm thinking I'm doing why, you know, how come it's not working for me anymore? But I know why now, because I was snacking all day. I was eating fruit every two hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would have been the same on Weight Watchers. That's, I guess, why I never did it. But I would have been like... Zero points, bring it. <laughs> and But one good thing I can say about Weight Watchers, it did teach me which foods were healthiest because the zero point foods, fruits, vegetables, what was it? Eggs, boiled eggs, chicken breast, those were all zero points. Eggs are zero points? Boiled eggs, protein. Okay, see, I would be eating like a boiled egg every 30 minutes with, with an orange. <laughs> they did teach me what real food was and all the high processed foods were a lot of points. So you wanted to stay away from those. They kind of. Well, that's a plus. That's a good thing. Yeah, that was a good thing. So, oh man, 2020 just came crashing down and, and I got on the scale. Mind you, I was weighing myself every day by then. I could see me going up every day, an extra pound. The next day, it was another pound. It just kept going. I was like, Tracy, what are you going to do? You're going to just watch it go to 300. So when I saw the 208, that's when I joined Weight Watchers. And, you know, for the next year and a half, about 18 months, I only lost 13 pounds. And you were working so hard. I was working hard. I was working that plan. And I even started to set up a gym in my basement since, you know, we couldn't go to Planet Fitness or anywhere. And I was exercising every day, riding my bike, going to my meetings, 
You know, I got under 200. I, I was just hovering around like 195, between 190, 195. But like that whole year, it's like I couldn't go any further. I was like, what? I'm broken? <laughs> I was just stuck. And then um, January 2022, you know, I didn't know what to do. I went in the, I was in the five and below store. Do you have those out there? I've seen them. I've never been in one, but I've seen them. Okay. So everything in there is $5 or less. So I went in there and I saw this book, which isn't the first time I saw the book. I see it every time I go in there, but this time I, you know, I was desperate. You know, it's January, 2022. What am I going to do? I did do the low carb though in 2021. And I did lose some weight, but as soon as I started eating carbs, it came right back. So I don't even really count that. I walked into five and below and I saw this book called Intermittent Fasting. Oh, the Intermittent Fasting Cookbook. And the author is, show me who that is. Who's the author? Her name is Nicole Peoria. Yes. I talked to her. $5 book. Yep. 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 Really? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't notice it was a cookbook. I just saw intermittent fasting and I was like, well, you know what? Maybe I need to go deeper into this because I did do intermittent fasting for maybe a week or two when I was on uh, keto back in 2016 and I reached my goal and then I didn't do it anymore. You know, it was I didn't go deep with it. But this time I said, well, let me see. This did work for me. So I read it to see the first 36 pages is all about the fast their benefits, the different protocols. And I read the book in maybe an hour or less. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'm going to eat dinner at seven and I'm not going to eat again until 11 a.m. the next day. And that's how it started. I've been fasting every day ever since. <laughs> and that was in January the 18th, 2022. Yeah, I can't remember if she came on my podcast or if we just talked. I remember she may, I may have written a blurb for her cookbook for that. I just remember when it came out. I remember she and I had some email correspondence and she may have been on my podcast, which actually sounds really sad until I think about 300 people is a lot. So, <laughs> but I recognize that title and I think she talked about the clean fast in there a little bit, didn't she? Oh, definitely. I did exactly what she said. She said drink water, plain coffee, no sweetener, plain tea, no sweetener. And You know, it was a clean fast. So I didn't know any better. That's what I did. So you started with (laughs) 16.8 right there in January of 2022. And how did it go from the beginning? Oh, man, it was great. I was like, wow, this is easy. And my inflammation just started going away. The first Wow, I had recorded everything. By the second week, all my inflammation was gone. I know in March, because my niece's birthday party was in March, my niece's birthday. I have a niece my age. (laughs) And I was back in my eights in March, March 1st. From January to March, bam, back in your eights. I was back in my eights, but I still weighed 170s. I was 175, 174. But the same clothes that had fit you at around 150. 50 can fit me now. That's amazing. That's body recomposition. Definitely. And I said, you know, I have the proof. I have this dress from 1995. It's denim. It doesn't, you know, stretch or anything. If Whenever I can get in that dress, I know I'm at my normal size again. And I can fit it. I remember those <laughs> 1990s denim clothes. That's exactly right. 
I, I have a pair of jeans from back in, when did I buy those jeans? It was early 2000s, maybe 2002, something around there. There's, so it's a little bit later, but they're from the Gap, but they have zero stretch, those jeans. So they're also really ugly. Your dress is a medium. This dress is cute. Yes, it's a medium. And I'm going to wear it somewhere this summer. I am going to wear What's it. What's the shape of the dress? What's the cut? It's a long dress and it has a split down the, the left leg. But it's long and it's denim and you can put a top on under it. It's uh, kind of a jumper a little bit. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to take a picture of it. Post it in the community. I can't wait to see it. (laughs) It is so much fun to put on clothes from back then. I have a pair of shorts from probably around 1995. I don't know why I saved these shorts. They're from The Gap. And I just felt, also the jeans I saved were from The Gap. That's weird. It just somehow I felt really good. They were also a size eight. You knew that would be your proof. (laughs) Yeah. But I have them now. They're khaki and they're from right around, like I said, right around 95, before I had children. My firstborn was Cal in 98. And I can put them on now and I can still button them. You know, my, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously I've had two children, been on the other side of menopause. Now I can still button them. So my waist is very similar to how it was, but they're my whole, like, I swim in them, the rest of them, my hips and my backside. I swim in these shorts. So like my whole shape is different than it was. (laughs) pre-children. I think we're much leaner now than we were back then. I, I think so too. And you seem like somebody who builds muscle pretty easily. I do. Because you talked about when you joined the army that you... Yes. You know, you have to do push-ups in the army. And I guess, you know, because women have <laughs> weak upper body, we had to lift weights. They told the, the drill sergeants told us to lift weights in the evening so we can build some strength to do the push-ups. And it actually worked, build that upper body strength. Did you know there's a connection between nutrition and optimal hormone function? Magnesium is involved in more than 300 biochemical reactions in your body. A magnesium deficiency can disrupt your thyroid hormones, pancreatic hormones, and sex hormones, leading to suboptimal health. Bioptimizer's Magnesium Breakthrough is the only supplement on the market that offers all seven key forms of magnesium specially formulated to reach every tissue in your body. I'd recommend giving Magnesium Breakthrough a try. They are so confident that they offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. For an exclusive offer, go to buyoptimizers.com slash ifstories and use the promo code ifstories10 during checkout to save 10%. And if you subscribe, not only will you get an amazing discount and free gifts, you will make sure that your monthly supply is guaranteed. That's buyoptimizers.com slash ifstories. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on 
on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. So you're strong and you're, you're lean. And so as you lost the weight, I mean, that was really quick to go from January to March to get down into the 170s already. That was so fast. Your body just melted that fat right off. It was a miracle. <laughs> That's what I felt. I was like, oh, my God, I'm back in my clothes. And I had clothes that I was, you know, while I was fasting, I was doing some decluttering in my basement. And I found a jumper that I had bought probably three or four years prior that was no way I was going to get in that. And I just tried it on for the heck of it. And oh my God, I could fit it. <laughs> Such a good feeling. Before when I tried it on, I looked like I had football shoulders and arms because it's sleeveless. <laughs> <laughs> it was not working. <laughs> it was not working. I was going to give that away to some, you know, somebody in a skinny in a size five, six or something. But I can wear it now. I'm going to, I plan to wear that out this summer too. If I put on those gap shorts, everybody would be like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> it would not go over well. They're also pleated, like I said. And khaki also, I never should have put khaki on my bottom part, like especially khaki shorts. Because with my leg, my coloration, it just did not look good on me. Khaki is not my color. <laughs> Absolutely not. So that's pretty awesome. And did you do that all with an eight-hour eating window? No, I did the eight-hour eating window probably the first five or six days. And then I went, I increased it every day until I got up to the 20-hour mark. So about a 24. Yes, 20-hour fast, four-hour eating window. And sometimes it would be 18.5 or, I mean, 18.6 or 19.5. It just varied. Yeah, it just, you know, with life, it doesn't have to always be the same every day. And there's no, like, everyone must do 20-hour fasts or anything like that. That's the beauty of it, you know. You do what feels right to you. On the weekends, I pretty much try to keep it to 16, 8, just to feel, you know, even more freer. <laughs> I would if I had anything going on. But I like when I have friends here, when we go anywhere. But Chad is so rigid with his eating window, which is hilarious, that, you know, I don't unless I have friends in town, I'm just sticking to my normal schedule every day. But when friends are here, you're right. A little longer window on the weekend is... It's awfully nice. I, on Fridays, I'm usually doing OMAD, though, one meal a day, because I usually go out to eat on Friday. So I was like, oh, I'll just open my window at yeah, dinner. Yeah, that's the way to do it. We went out um, not that long ago, and I just waited till we got there for dinner, and food was delicious. <laughs> I didn't want to spoil my appetite by snacking too much ahead of time. Yes, intermittent fasting was a game changer. My, my pre-diabetes gone. I used to snore. <laughs> I don't snore anymore. And I recorded myself snoring back a couple years ago, and it was frightening. Do you think you had like sleep apnea? I think I did, but it was undiagnosed. But um, was it October, November 2022, I recorded myself sleeping. I just hear breathing. I don't snore anymore. That's amazing. You know, because that's not being able to breathe well during your sleep really interferes with getting a good night's sleep. It's bad for our health, all of that. But I didn't know I had that. 
until I listened to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have it. I recorded myself. But it was when I was, even when I was slim, I had my adenoids were problem. I had them removed in my early 20s. And then I stopped, I think, making all that terrible noise. But my college roommate, and I was slim in college, but my college roommate would like make so much fun of the noise I would make while I was sleeping. (laughs) I was glad not to have to sleep with me, I guess. (laughs) Because I was asleep. So your prediabetes is gone. That's exciting. Yes. When she told me I was prediabetic, apparently I had been pre-diabetic for a couple of years because I look back on my labs and I'm like, okay, she didn't even say anything before. (laughs) But I guess because I was 208, she had to say something. And probably most people nowadays in today's metabolic landscape where people are are not healthy, I think probably almost everybody's pre-diabetic. Right. I guess she was waiting for me to just become full-blown diabetic. I don't know. (laughs) Well, I know that was the path I was on, you know, looking at, at my dad Does it run in your family? It certainly runs in mine. No, it doesn't. Does it not? No. Well, you will definitely not be in your future. (laughs) Definitely not. But yeah, my dad, my dad's type 2 diabetic. My mother, I don't know, she's very possibly just doesn't know. She's got all the signs, but she doesn't like to go to the doctor at all. And if she did know, she probably wouldn't tell me because she doesn't like to talk about health at all. But that's great. Any other health victories other than the prediabetes and the snoring? No longer pre-diabetic. My inflammation is gone. High energy, brain clarity. I don't eat until after work now. The aches and pains that I had in my knees and ankle, gone. I haven't taken any ibuprofen in over a year. The morning stiffness in my joints, gone. And my eyesight improved. (laughs) I don't need reading glasses to read my phone anymore. And I didn't even notice that. Somebody else noticed it. They said, why do you keep taking your glasses off to read your phone? I'm like, oh, I am doing that. (laughs) I did not have that benefit of eyesight getting better. But it's hard to know. Maybe if I hadn't done intermittent fasting, my eyes would be much worse. (laughs) Right. That's what I said. Because I still need to see for distance. I'm still blind. But when I'm on my phone, I can just take them off. And I said, I, no more snoring. Oh, and my hair and nails are its just growing like crazy. I have to keep cutting my nails every week. And my fingers. <laughs> Did you notice that when you were losing weight, like when you wash your hands and your fingers just feel like little bones? They just... I had to get my ring resized, but you're right. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm losing weight in my fingers. I actually did. I mean, my fingers, my ring, this ring, my wedding ring, I had to get it resized to be to fit me afterwards. And it was small, like before when I was like, had lost all the weight, when those those Gap jeans fit, that was my diet pill days, which were not the recommended days. But I bought, we got this ring then, maybe was it our 10th anniversary, perhaps I got a new band. And so then when I gained weight, it still fit me. But when I lost the weight, it had to be resized. So my fingers smaller than it had been before, which is weird. Like I lost more weight in my finger than when I was smaller before. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I guess I had chubby fingers. <laughs> How about your shoe size? Have your Did your shoe size go down? Mine did. Actually, my shoes are looser now, but I haven't changed sizes as far as I know. I had to go back down to like a seven and a half versus I had gotten, I'd started creeping up to like an eight and a half in some shoes. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I wish that would happen because my feet grew with my son's birth. <laughs> They never went back. 
They never went back. It's like, okay, what's going on here? But, you know, not having the joint stiffness is huge. Yes, because I used to wake up every morning and had that joint stiffness in my ankles and I would stretch before I even got out of bed. I don't have to do that anymore. And just running up and down my basement steps just amazes me every time because I know two years ago I was taking one step at a time down the steps because I didn't want to fall. Oh, I remember that. It was hard to look down. I also couldn't even see my feet for a while when I was obese. I couldn't, like walking downstairs, I was nervous because I couldn't see the stairs. And now you don't even think, you just run down them. And I'm like, oh, wow, I just ran down the steps. I'm just running back up the steps. But I'm just so thankful that I can do that. Just every day, I'm grateful. Me too. So you had your one-year fast anniversary in um, January of 23. And overall, how much weight have you lost? Overall, it's been 38 pounds, 208 to 170. Wow. And you're just happily maintaining right in there? I'm happily maintaining. But you know, because my goal size and my diet brain keeps telling me, oh, you need to lose 15 more pounds. Because you want to see that number, right? On the scale. Right. It's like, okay, why do I need to see 155 for what? I don't want to be a size five, six. I want to stay an eight. So yes, I have to talk myself down pretty often about that weight, the the scale number. <laughs> you know, I get it because that whole thing, when I, when I got on the scale the last time before I threw it in the trash, it had been a year since I'd weighed. And the clothes that fit me when I was 130 was that diet pill weight when I got down to 130, 129-ish. But the clothes that fit me then that I had were loose, and I knew I was smaller than that. I probably was 125, maybe closer to 120. I just knew it. Then I got on the scale, and it said 130, and I was so mad. (laughs) I mean, I was smaller than I had been. I put on the, the dresses I had saved and the pants I'd saved, and they were really big around the waist and all that. But the scale didn't cooperate. That was when I threw it away because you do not want to wear smaller clothes. No, I don't. So if that scale number is irrelevant. I love the size that I am. It's irrelevant. I really just check in and make sure I'm not going over. But you could put on that honesty dress. Is that denim dress your honesty dress? Yes, my honesty dress. I want to see you take (laughs) a picture in the honesty dress, share it in the community. I am definitely going to do that. I love that dress. I'm going to wear it this summer somewhere. And it's probably like very stylish right now. It is. I mean, it's it's kind of basic denim, just long with a split. I mean, that's not out of style. It does. It just doesn't have the stretch. <laughs> Some of those '90s fashions are like back, like really stylish. I probably could pull out those jeans and wear them <laughs> from 2000. But so, have your tastes in food changed at all? Are you still still eating the same way you always have? Has that changed at all? Well, in the beginning, when I first started intermittent fasting, I was still eating my normal diet. I ate a lot of taco salads back then because that was my favorite thing. I love Doritos. So that was an excuse for me to have my Doritos. So I had taco salads, um, you know, with the ground beef and the tomatoes and lettuce with Doritos, of course. (laughs) I would love that. Now I'm like really wishing for one of those. (laughs) And you know what? I threw the Doritos away in November and I haven't had a a Dorito since November. I can't think of when I've had one. I had to put it down because it was too addicting. Yeah, it's been (laughs) a long time. My mother always put Doritos in her stockings. She would buy a big, and this like up until like 
what year is it? 2023. Up until 2021, she was still bringing stockings down. She had all the stocks and she would fill them all up. And she would buy one of those snack pack variety packs that had all different things. And she would put the regular Doritos in mine because she knew I liked them. But this year, for whatever reason, we decided not to do stockings. So I didn't get my Doritos. So I don't know when I had Doritos last, now that you mention it. Yeah, I had to put the Doritos down. But now, since the end of the year, I started trying a little bit of the carnivore. I did the carnivore challenge for a week. That was fine. The rest of my inflammation went away. That's where the actually the stiffness in my ankles went away when I did that. What was the motivation for trying that? Just trying to figure out my nutrition. I want to you know, I'm like, okay, I'm an experiment of one. Maybe because I've tried the vegetarian way and I was never satisfied. I'm saying, well, how about I try a week of the carnivore? And it was great. I mean, eating bacon, eggs, and ground beef and butter. And did you feel satisfied? I was satisfied and I never craved, I didn't get bloated not once. That's how I realized that lettuce and like salad makes me bloated. But I didn't know until I did the carnivore because I thought being bloated after you eat salad was normal. See, this is just lights me up and makes me excited to hear how different we all are when it comes to food. You know, because you've heard me talk before about when I did keto and how I never felt satisfied one time. But literally the best I ever felt was when I was doing that whole food plant-based. And if it was easy, if I could just order delicious whole food plant-based foods that were just a good variety and Chad wouldn't get irritated with them because he did get a little irritated (laughs) when I was cooking and it was a lot of the same thing. I would do it because I felt so good. And I actually, all my clothes got loose. You know, I don't weigh, but my stomach was flatter with whole food plant-based and I lost a little puffiness around my face and I felt so satisfied. And so, but that is how we know your body thrives on more meat it loved the carnivore. I didn't even eat cheese during that week. It was just just the meat. But, you know, I don't want to eat like that forever. <laughs> that's exactly, that's the, the truth of it. It's, it's you got to be committed. Right. So, you know, I'll have like a day of just carnivore. Then the next day I'll do the whole foods, you know, the meat, vegetables, some cooked veggies, that is. The raw veggies bother my stomach. Cooked veggies and some fruit. Well, I, I love that you're you know, thinking of it as your experiment of one. And that is really what I want everybody to do. You know, after I started talking about my whole food plant-based experiment, some people are like, well, I'm going to try that too. But it might not be right for their bodies. Listen to how you feel. And somebody's like, I eat a lot of beans and now I feel terrible. I'm like, well, okay. That doesn't, you don't have to eat beans. <laughs> right. You have to listen to exactly. your body. I could eat nothing but beans and I would be fine. Because I did Whole30 as well, and I didn't really feel a difference in that, probably because I was eating a lot of salad, too. And I don't know, it's something about the salad, the lettuce and tomatoes. And I wasn't even eating regular dressing. I just squeezed some lemon juice on it and a little olive oil. And it just did not. It just instantly made me feel bloated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I love salad. That's really, actually, it's very sad. <laughs> I don't always like salad. Like, I don't like salad when it's really cold. Like, over the winter, I don't eat a lot of salad. But when I do have a good salad, I don't like to make salad for whatever reason. But we had the best salad a couple weeks ago. We went to a place called the Hot Fish Club. And I can't remember what it was on. It's here in Merle's Inlet. And it had, it was 
mixed greens, I think, with arugula, and it had beets, roasted beets, and goat cheese, and I think it might have had mandarin oranges, and let me think, like pecans or something. And I don't even like ranch dressing, but it had a homemade herb ranch dressing that was like, I could have just like had that like with a spoon. <laughs> Best salad I've ever had. I would be really sad if I couldn't eat that salad. I love salads, but it looks like I'm going to have to be a soup girl now. Just have soup. I mean, I like soup too, though. <laughs> but the raw veggies don't work as well for you. No, they make me feel bloated instantly. I think that this is where we can lose our diet brain and just connect within. I mean, I can still have my vegetables. I just got to put it in a pot with some stock and <laughs> cook them. You can trust your own body and know that that's what's working for you and what makes you feel good and what doesn't rather than like, well, I read this diet book and it told me I should never eat, I don't know, kale. And like, well, how does kale make you feel? Ignore what that diet book said. Yeah, I know my body feels much better on real food than the processed. I think that is the one universal. You know, I don't think anyone has ever found better health through ultra-processed foods. Like sometimes people will be like, they'll try to prove it. Like there was some, I don't know, some professor somewhere at some point who decided he was going to prove calories in, calories out by eating nothing but junk food. And yeah, he lost weight, but I don't think that really proves anything. <laughs> Yeah, but you were making bad cells in your body. You weren't creating healthy cells. Yeah, I, th I think that we all can agree real food is what our bodies want. Right, whether it's meat or plants or whatever, as long as it's real food and it's not processed. You know, even now, if I get some ice cream, I have to get the good stuff. It has to be, you know, haagen dyes. It's got to be real with it. Five ingredients that I can read. <laughs> yeah, we like Tillamook ice cream. Have you ever had Tillamook? No. Their vanilla is very good. But surprisingly, Chad just bought like a little container of it. I don't know, more than a pint, but less, I, can't, I don't know what size it was. I have no idea. But it wasn't the big one. But we had it like for, I don't know, he ate it a little bit every day for a week. And I had it one night and I was like, I'm not really enjoying this. It was really kind of surprising. And so last night, I'm like, well, the ice cream's all gone. Well, how about I'll make a daily harvest smoothie? And it was so much better. <laughs> it was shocking that I didn't like the ice cream. I don't know. Maybe it was something to do with the my whole food plant-based experiment. I've, I haven't quite gone back to the level of dairy that I had before. Me neither. I don't eat cheese like I used to. I don't think cheese likes me. When you're fasting and then you eat it's like your body knows it's louder. You can hear it. That really is. And so sometimes people will say, I didn't used to have a problem with XYZ before fasting. Why do I have it now? And I really think it just, you you now feel the problem. Like with you and salads. Before fasting, I'm sure the salads were a problem, but you had no idea. I didn't have any idea. I didn't have nothing to compare it to. And now it's very obvious you're fasted. Now, if I eat it, it's like, up oh, there goes the bloating. So I guess I got to do a baked potato instead. Hate it. No. <laughs> so Hooray for baked potatoes. Whereas there's probably somebody listening. Baked potatoes cause them bloating. That would be sad. 
Right. You know, so I'm just listening to my body now. If it says no to something, then I'm not going to put it in there. Because, you know, when you're fasting, let's see, who was the analogy? They say you, you cleaned up the yard, you go eat some garbage, and then you can see somebody threw some paper on the grass. Just how your stomach is. Like, oh, nope, not going to happen. You can clean me up and now you're going to put garbage back in here? Oh, no. <laughs> That's right. And the real, real food just feels so much better going in. Yeah, I've been thinking ever since you said that about cheese. I'm eating so much less cheese. Like we had um, Chad's cousin came down and visited and I made a big charcuterie and had the cheese. And then I was like, I don't even want any more cheese. That's weird. I really think I, I'm, I'm not craving it as much as I had been after having those 60 days completely dairy free. And then I hear that dairy can really affect some people. I think so. I'm not going to be dairy free. I mean, I, I never want to say never. Like the minute I say I will never blah, blah, blah again, I'll be doing it tomorrow. I'm just trying to minimize everything except meat, fruit and vegetables. Those are the goes. <laughs> That's good. So you probably won't ever be car fully carnivore, but a day with, with all meat is here and there. But no, I'm not trying to be fully carnivore. Yeah. Well, that's good. So you mentioned you've written a book. Yes, I did. Tell me about that. You know, I'd love to hear about people writing books. I have it right here next oh, to yours. there's Fast Feast Repeat. <laughs> what is your book? And this is mine. It's called Intermittent Fasting for Life. I love that. Experiment Ooh, of One. I love it. It's. I love your cover design. Oh, thank you. Is I'm that available on Amazon? It's on Amazon. Did you read it for Audible? No, I paid someone to do it. <laughs> I didn't want <laughs> Look. Maybe the next one. I'm going to tell you what. It is not easy to read a book for Audible. I know. I heard you talking about how you had to soundproof the room and all that. No. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do for the next one. I've got one coming out. December 26th. I just got the date today from my editor, my new one. What's the new one called? Well, I, I can tell you the working title because publishers are weird about stuff and like I will give it a title and then they're like wanting to change the title and then I have to really fight for what I want. So right now I'm calling it the 28 day fast start day by day. And it is your guide to starting or restarting your intermittent fasting lifestyle. So it sticks and it's 28 days and every day there's like a lesson in there, something you need to know you know, about that it's important. Like, obviously, day one is the clean fast, right? <laughs> and it's just, it's little bits of things. But it's also going to be more of like action that you take. Like at the beginning of the day, you get clear about what your goals are. And then you go about your day. And then at the end of the day, you reflect on how the day went. But it's instead of like having to read all of Fast Feast Repeat all at once, you're just doing little bits of what you need. Oh, Okay like a workbook. Well, I can't really call it a workbook or a journal. It's got elements of that in there. But I had to like, my editor's like, no, you can't write a workbook or a journal. I'm like, okay, I'll just write this. <laughs> and yes, it's got some elements of a workbook or journal in there. But it's, it's very, you know, I'm a teacher and I want people to succeed. And it's all the tools that I think people need day by day so they don't get cluttered up and trying, you know, the whole fast feast repeat is a lot. You still need fast feast repeat, but you know, you'll be more ready for that after this one. And I said I was not going to write another intermittent fasting book. And then I was like, we really need something to help people who are starting and struggling, especially when people told me like they had a friend who wanted to start, but wouldn't read fast feast repeat because it was too long. That's what this book is for. 
I get a lot of questions. I have a Facebook group as well called Intermittent Fasting for Life. Experiment of one, <laughs> because we're all an experiment of one. So yeah, I get questions and, and I, you know, give support in that group. It feels great, doesn't it? It's small. Yeah, it's helping because a, a lot of people haven't even heard of intermittent fasting. I'm still explaining what it is. What is intermittent fasting? I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is surprising that people haven't at least heard of it a little bit. Some people still have not heard of it. And so I think that's that's why I love, you know, when you, Tracy, have written your book and have your book on Audible, I love the name of it, Intermittent Fasting for Life, Experiment of One. I mean, that is a fabulous title. Thank you. <laughs> that's just, that's it. People want to do it. It's for life and the experiment of one. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and seller at every stage, especially when sellers are using shallow and outdated data. Your organization can overcome these challenges with technology that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to better outcomes like more pipeline, higher win rates, and larger deals. We call this deep sales, and we've built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash trial. That is linkedin.com slash trial for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash trial and get started. Everybody is an experiment of one. That's my favorite part about your title because that's the big the big criticism that I have with so many intermittent fasting books that keep coming out. I mean, every day there's like an, something else coming out, but some of them are very prescriptive, like what you should be eating, what you should not be eating, exactly when your window should be, how long it should be, what time of day it should span. And with your experiment of one, we just talked about the foods that work for our bodies and they're not the same. Someone asked me today, okay, I'm fasting. And it says, I guess her app said she can't do any strenuous working out. <laughs> and she was asking me and I just said, well, you probably should just do a light workout unless you're going to eat right after. Her app said not to do a strenuous workout. Because she was fasting. That's so dumb. Whoever wrote that app, that's very bad information. <laughs> See, my app doesn't tell me this anything. This is one of the hardest parts about <laughs> running a, a community like I do or whatever, is there's so much crazy information out there. And like, I feel like I have to spend a lot of time like you just did. Tell it like contradicting the bad information. I mean, I walked two days ago before it was so cold again. I walked two and a half miles on the beach in the fasted state, easy peasy. I could have done 10 more. I mean, I'm probably not going to walk 12 miles, but I could have. I could have done whatever I wanted to do. <laughs> So I don't know what her strenuous 
would have been. So I just said, unless you're going to eat right afterwards, I, you know, it, it's just, it's hard to just have a light workout, hard to contradict the bad information, but it, it's like whack-a-mole. No, that's not true. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh my goodness. The information out there is ridiculous. It, it really can be. And that was the hardest part about running the Facebook groups. Cause do people come in there and they'll try to post a YouTube video that says something and you're like, no, that's not what we do. I had one to post about some fasting tea or broth or something. And I said, no, they're just trying to sell a product. Fasting, if you're not, if you're just drinking water, plain water, plain coffee, plain tea, no flavors, that's a clean fast. Anything other than that, you're not fasting. That's right. But then, you know, someone you really respect is selling fasting tea. And and I know people that do the juice fast. I'm in a group <laughs> now, you know, they they do longer fasts, but... I just, I know I'm not doing a juice fast. <laughs> you know, I, I've watched that. I think it's on Netflix, Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, I think is the name of it. The guy's name is Joe Cross, and he did juicing and lost a ton of weight. Yeah, and he felt great, and he got a lot healthier. But it, I wish it wasn't like fasting in there, like because it's not fasting. It's not a fast. It's juice only. You're fasting from food. You're drinking juice. You're still getting calories. You're still spiking your insulin. And it was after that, I was like, I'm going to juice. I mean, obviously not during my fast, but I was like, so many great nutrients in the juice. So I bought a juicer and I juiced for like a week and it was really delicious and I enjoyed it. I'm like, I'm getting all these nutrients. Then I'm like, too much work. This is hard. Never mind. (laughs) Really? Just eat the fruit. (laughs) I would just rather eat the food. Yeah. Cause like chopping it up and putting it in the juicer and all that. I'm like, nope. (laughs) I'm never doing another smoothie again. Well, I do love my daily harvest smoothies, but they're just so delicious. But they all they come in the little cup already frozen, all the little pieces. All I have to do is dump it. I dump it, blend it. That's all you have to do. Add the so no, I'm not chopping up all that stuff. I can't do it. That was the problem with the juicing. You had to go and but I, I was doing it for the nutrients. I didn't need to lose weight. I was doing it in my eating window. I was just like, this looks very nutritious. But you would buy like an entire cart full of stuff and you'd get like a cup of juice and I'm like no no I can't forget it (laughs) that's so funny so what is what does your week look like now your normal routine do you do any alternate daily fasting thrown in there are you just strictly daily eating window every now and then I'll do a mealless Monday like today well last week I did a 48 hour on a Monday and I didn't eat till Tuesday evening so today I'm doing the mealless Monday with Roxy from the group and I won't eat until tomorrow. And and I know that 500 calorie meal is out there. Is There's that option, which I won't need. If I did, I'd probably just eat a boiled egg and go to bed. <laughs> Some people are confused by that, that down day meal option. And they're like, how is that fasting? Like, well, no. <laughs> if you're eating the meal, that does stop the fast. <laughs> you have two fasts instead of one long one. But it's it's a well-researched approach to alternate daily fasting. It was actually the original alternate daily fasting. But other than that, you're a daily eating window girl. I have a daily eating window, but I'm trying to do like a longer fast once a week now, just for autophagy. (laughs) Yeah, the autophagy, as we get older, especially, right? We want to keep looking youthful. So do you mind me asking how old you are? I was trying to figure it out. I am 55. I will be 56 in April. Some of the things you said made me feel like you were a little tiny bit older than me, but I was like, she looks amazing, so she can't. (laughs) Thank you. You can see that autophagy right on your face. 
I want that autophagy. Well, see, the older I get, the more I like telling people how old I am. I don't mind because, I mean, I'll be 56 April the 3rd, and I feel like I'm in my 20s. Your skin is beautiful. And again, like I said, the older I get, I can't wait when I'm 60 to be like, I'm 60, and for people to not believe it. I roller skated in my basement last night. Oh, did you see (laughs) Tish on the community, Tish Times from Arizona? She was roller skating. Now I'm like dying to roller skate. I love to roller skate. You just roller skate in the basement? Well, now, but um, yeah, there's some skating rinks to, uh, in the area that I go to. See, I'm like, I don't even know where to go skate. It's been so long since I've skated, but that's how I used to love it. I loved it. You have to find it. I'm sure there's a skating rink out there where you are. You're in North no, Carolina? No, South Carolina. I'm in South Carolina. You near Myrtle Beach? Yep. We're south of Myrtle Beach. We're in Surfside Beach. You ever been down here? I have. Well, you said you were your family's Southern. Where's your family from? Well, my family's from Mississippi and Arkansas, but um, I did vacation at Myrtle Beach. Was that last year? Year before last. Well, if you're next time you're here, let me know. Okay. I love Myrtle Beach. We'll get together. We'll have some coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I love it here too. I'm so, I think Chad is starting to finally come around as well. It's been a hard transition for him. We are in the process of buying a condo that is a mile from our house, and Chad is going to rent it. He's just been kind of at loose ends ever since we moved, you know, because he retired and we moved and he doesn't. So we're going to rent it and he's going to manage it. He's going to do it. So you're no longer affiliated with Atlanta. That's where you came from. We were in Augusta. We left completely. We left Georgia completely behind. We've been here since May. And it was a big transition for him. But I was like, this is something he can do, you know, because he loves to get things done. So we we went and had the little inspection today with our realtor. So we're very excited. And we might just only, uh, we, we're not sure yet. We haven't decided. But we might only put it on like jenstevens.com for rent. It's not for rent yet. But we might only put it there instead of going through like Verbo or Airbnb. We might just rent it to people who, you know, listen to the podcast. I don't know. <laughs> I love for people to visit. And like, like I said, when you're here, I'd love to see you. Okay, definitely. I'll reach definitely out. Definitely do. We can have some coffee, but I love it here. It's just such a great little beach community, Surfside Beach, South of Myrtle Beach. And it's got a real family feel. They call it the family beach, which is what I like. Okay. I love their airport and all the colorful colors and the chairs in the airport. I was like, this doesn't look like an airport. It looks like a beach. It's an easy (laughs) airport. So like I came from Augusta, like I said, and of course we would always go through Atlanta. So I lived in Atlanta for a while, then Augusta, and the Augusta airport's too small. It only goes to Charlotte or Atlanta. And the Atlanta airport is so huge, you can't like park or do anything. So the Myrtle Beach airport is perfect because you can go anywhere. It has a bunch of airlines because it's a tourist destination. You can fly for cheap which I love. So it's easy to get in and out. So I'm just super excited to be here. (laughs) So we're running down towards the end. Before we get there, is there anything that you struggle with? No, I don't struggle with anything. (laughs) Well, other than diet brain and thinking the scale should be lower. Yes, but that's just, you know, me being a yo-yo dieter all these years. But I'm working on that. I don't get on the scale every day anymore. I get on the scale on Fridays, I weigh myself every Friday now. And the app, now I'm still using a fasting app, 
I tried to get rid of it toward the beginning of the year and I just couldn't. I had to keep going. I was like, nope, I'm not ready to take my training wheels off. Well, I love it. I mean, that's, it's important that you know that there's nothing wrong with getting rid of it or keeping it. I like to know my hours. I said, maybe next year we'll see. You have that data and you like seeing it and you can, you know, connect it. Sometimes people find that if they don't have something like that, they might think they're doing something. Like maybe they think they're mostly doing 18.6 and then realize they're not. <laughs> I don't want to guess. <laughs> I need to know because, you know, I'll eat something, take a bite of something and forget. But with this, I can reset it, you know, and I'll know exactly when my fast started as opposed to trying to guess. And then I'm not fasting as long as I thought I was. So Right. That's exactly what, what can happen. <laughs> yeah. I love the number. And anything else that's a challenge? Not really. Not really. Because, I mean, I can eat what I want. I have cut out processed food and I'm limiting my sugar now. So eventually, hopefully one day I can be like Graham and the sugar is gone. <laughs> And I interviewed with him too as well in January. Oh, I love I love Graham. He's amazing. He's putting good stuff out into the world. I love it. But yeah, you know, I just, the less I eat sugar, the less I want it. Like I told you with the ice cream. It just, I was like, oh, I don't even like this. It's not even that delicious. I'm just going to have this smoothie instead. Your taste buds, everything about it, they just change. Well, I can't say that because I can eat a tub of ice cream. <laughs> one day, maybe you'll be surprised, but one day you might feel different. I hope so, because right now I can eat a tub of ice cream, even if it makes me feel sick. You know, I just I think I have a sugar problem. Well, you know, I do think people do. And, you know, I, I don't often use the words addiction when it comes to food. I know some people do. But, you know, there are some foods that if, if there can be addiction, sugar would be one of them. Sugar is it for me. Because I notice when I'm around sweets, like at a party with cake and everything, and I can notice how other people can just eat a piece and just put it away. And I want to keep going back. <laughs> it lights up that brain. That is a real phenomenon. And so for some people, you know, I understand. Like I can have a glass of wine and stop drinking it, but someone who's an alcoholic can't. So I, un I understand the same thing with sugar. You know, I can have a bite and be like, I don't want any more of this versus if you can't, that's a, a sign that it's not working for you. That makes sense. Well, I'm a Dorito-aholic. I can't just eat one Dorito. <laughs> they made it that way. That's true. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting, or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Well, I started clean fasting right out the gate. So if I were let's see, someone that was just starting out, I would just tell them it shouldn't be hard. It should be easy. Start slow. Start where you are. You know, if you're a person that eats breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day, just slowly move your breakfast out 30 minutes a day. If you eat at 8, try to push it to 8.30 until you're, you know, getting your window smaller. Try to get to where you're just eating lunch and dinner. Work on that. And then gradually work your way up, if you want, you know, to just dinner. And it's flexible. So you don't have to just have one meal a day every day. You can have two meals because I do two meals or one meal. I don't have a schedule. I love that. That's probably, I mean, I think that's a great way for your body to be. You know, we see people who are too rigid with a window that's too short are more likely to just get stuck. Right. Each day, it, it varies. 
it's like, oh, am I going to eat lunch today? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but most days I'll end up just going to um, and do like the four hour window because I don't, I'm not hungry. So, and I'm working from home. So I really, you know, want to keep it tight. You know, for some people, it's so much easier to do it when they're working for, from home, whereas some people find it's harder when they're working from home. Again, that's part of the experiment of one, right? Right. I make it easy for myself, you know. So tell people again where to find your book and your Facebook group if they're interested. Okay. My Intermittent Fasting for Life Experiment of One is on Amazon and it's on uh, Audible. Supposed to be on there today. And it's on Kindle on Amazon as well. And the Facebook group is the same title, Intermittent Fasting for Life Experiment of One. Well, Tracy, it has been an absolute joy to talk to you and get on down here to Myrtle Beach, Surfside Beach. I would love to see you. I will. (laughs) Thank you so much. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Nancy's love story could have been ripped right out of the pages of one of her own novels. She was a romance mystery writer who happens to be married to a chef. But this story didn't end with a happily ever after. When I stepped into the kitchen, I could see that Chef Brophy was on the ground, and I heard somebody say, call 911. As writers, we'd written our share of murder mysteries. So when suspicion turned to Dan's wife, Nancy, we weren't that surprised. The first person they look at would be the spouse. We understand that's usually the way they do it. But we began to wonder... Had Nancy gotten so wrapped up in her own novels... There are murders in all of the books. ...that she was playing them out in real life? Follow Happily Never After, Dan and Nancy on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Happily Never After, Dan and Nancy, early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.